This is The Process on Sirius XM Stars. Offering guidance and insight into the college admissions process. Now, here are Eric J. Ferda and Eileen Cunningham-Fikens. Welcome to The Process on Sirius XM Stars. Eric Ferda, Dean of Admissions at the University of Pennsylvania, here live at Sirius XM Studios in New York City, joined by my partner in the process, Eileen Cunningham-Fikens, Director of College Counseling at the Dwight Englewood School. What's going on, Eileen? It's Friday. It is we Friday. We love it. We love it. Kind of cruddy out there, though. Baseball games canceled. Just I not know. looking all that great out there. The weather isn't good, but the vibe is good. And we're nearing the May 1 deadline, right? So we that's are a big the... date in college counseling, college process. Well, we're going to talk about it because yes. wherever we are in the calendar, wherever we are in the world, and with the process, we're always going to bring you into the process wherever you are, whatever the calendar looks like, the timeline. But with May 1, the candidates reply date decision time. That's a big date. Because this you think is... about it, right? You could apply to eight to 10 schools, but now sure. you have to choose one. You have to choose one. Who wins you? Ooh. Who wins you to like enroll that. in the fall? That's how I like to position it to my students. And I want them to feel as if they're celebrating as much as they're being celebrated I when they walk in. I just want to celebrate. I tell you, it's that it, time Am I hearing year. a music theme, I perhaps? Maybe. Coming up? Nice for foreshadowing there. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> And who's sitting next to you, Eileen? Oh, my God. I'm so excited. It's Dave Charlotte, our financial aid guru. And he's back in the studio with Eric and me. Hi. How are you, David? I am fine. Glad to be here, as always. I am glad you are here because I know that we've got some questions about financial aid. And speaking of questions, we want to hear from you. Give us a call at 866-993-8267, 866-993-8267. Or you can send us an email at process at SiriusXM.com. So as we're rocking and rolling here a little bit, let's talk about what you did the last time I saw you. That evening after our last show, where did you go? I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony at the Barclays Center in downtown Brooklyn, and it was awesome. It was a great slate of inductees. What was your favorite? Roxy Music. Roxy Music. Brian Ferry still has it. That's fantastic. Yeah. And guess what? What? What Eric? did I just bring up? You brought up the theme for of last, our music yeah, last, last show. show, and we had some winners, Stephanie and Christy. Thank you for calling. I know Scott Marlowe is sending you some swag. He already sent it, actually. Way to go, Scott. Good job. <laughs> we love that. So if you're listening to the show today, we want to make sure you, you think about why we're choosing certain music. That's right. And see if you can string it together. I just want to celebrate. Okay, Ferda, down. Hey, hey. Can't, can't turn the mic off. You're listening to The Process on Sirius XM Stars 109. Trivia question. Number. Trivia question. What number show is this for us on Stars? I know that. It's 15. 15. 15. Special number. It is a special number. And it's if, not prime, but it is a special number. And if we add in the number of shows that we had when we were on the Wharton Channel down on Penn's campus. Right. Number 22. 22. Right? Pretty cool. And we love it. We love answering your questions. We love having the opportunity to have a conversation amongst ourselves, to clue you in as to what happens at different aspects of this process, whether you're a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, or a senior, whether you're the mom or dad or guardian of a student looking to apply Other to college. Other college counselors, our colleagues. Oh, uh, we love that too. So Very cool questions. Yeah. So keep those questions coming. We want to make sure what we're talking about is relevant to you. Absolutely. And we have, as we said, David Charlo from Access 
applied. We're going to talk some financial aid. We just came off on Penn's campus, given that we're talking about May 1, admitted student visitation days. I want to get your perspective on that. David will probably talk a little bit more about closing in on those financial aid letters, because sometimes we in the admissions office have to grant an extension past May 1 if some families still don't have the final financial aid piece. And the sophomores and juniors are still visiting campuses, too. And and let's talk a little bit about waitlist management, too, Ooh, because there absolutely. are some seniors while they'll deposit somewhere by May 1, they might also be sitting on a wait list and hoping. So let's just touch on that briefly. Absolutely. Right? Do you want to do that right now? Let's do that now. Okay. All right. So if you're on a wait list, the best thing for you to do is to make sure that you're communicating with the college um, who offered you that spot on the wait list and, you know, send them a letter of continued interest, right? But instead of just saying, yes, I am still interested, this is a great opportunity for you to dial down a little bit more specifically and to get granular with regards to what it is at that institution that makes you so eager to um, accept that offer on the wait list. Now, remember that colleges aren't necessarily going to know if they need to go to their wait list at all. They might have strategically built that into their admissions Certainly. for this year. Um, and I'm, I, my sense is that a lot of colleges do that because they have a certain target that they want to hit. And if they've come in a little bit heavier the year before, they might want to dial it back and be a little bit more conservative in the, the housing people are like, okay, yeah. once, okay, but not twice in a row. Exactly. And so that what they're going to do then is they're going to work off their wait list to get to that target number. Almost to an exact um, number. Yeah. And I don't I don't know about you, but I don't know of any institution that actually has a numbered wait list. It's not as though you're number five hundred and twenty seven or five hundred and twenty eight. It's just that you're that on is that a question though that we quite often mm-hmm. receive is, you know, where do I sit on that wait list? And as you stated, Eileen, there isn't some numerical rank at this point, which could frustrate people. It's like, well, so what are my chances? And really, the reality is we go back and take a look at the pool and see what the class, how the class is shaping up. And so I agree. First, you have to send in the the yes, I want to stay on the wait list. Right. Uh, this might be interesting for, for our listeners. Around 60% of the students will say yes to the wait list offer. 40%, they're they're moving on. Why bother? They're, right. they're, moving, they're moving on. on. They're depositing elsewhere. And let's step back a moment and remind everyone they do have to deposit at a school they're admitted to. Great call. And if they and get off the wait on day list. One. And, and then they can worry about the wait right. list, but you have to choose your yeah. winner. That's right. And then, and right. then decide. Yeah, and, let, let's keep this in the right order. They, You're absolutely right, David. If they do take an offer of a wait list. It's a non-refundable deposit. At the, at like the other institution A, yes. let's yes, say. Correct. Okay. So here's another question about financial aid. David, I'm so glad you're sitting next to me. So what if it's a family, their child off, you know, gets an offer of a wait list, and they need, they need financial aid? Does that, I know it's probably specific for each institution, but does that sometimes factor in if a student is in need of financial aid and they're sitting on the wait list? I mean, I'm I'm just wondering how that works from the financial aid office perspective. Do they run out of money to put some well, I, or? it depends on the school. If the school is, okay. is need aware in their admissions policy and they have a finite budget and they're at or exceeding it, then they'll probably go to the wait list for full pay students. But those schools that uh, they're being that, pretty clear about that, that are that. need blind are still need blind That's on right. the wait okay. list. And even if they're not need blind, if there is money in the budget, then they're going to go back and, and the financial that. aid office will 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 provide the financial aid offer at the That's time they come question, off of though. the uh, off of the wait list. That's a, that's a very good question, right? So for families out there uh, who are you know 
either currently on a wait list for your child or want to know this information going into the process if you've got a junior, that's a great question to ask colleges. Are you need aware at any point in the application process? And to be specific about what about wait list? How does that work? Would you concur? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks. I love it when I come up with an intelligent question. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And, okay. You know, you brought up something interesting, too, about the kind of the, the the students that don't stay on the wait list because they're saying, okay, I'm committed. I've really noticed over the last couple of years in particular, by the end of May, you know, you're really connecting with your with your assign your, your your school of choice. Your school of choice, your your housing assignment. You start getting academic materials as well, you know, from from the individual schools or programs that you apply to and were admitted to. You know, in the second week of May, I may get a letter from a student that says, if I'm admitted off a Penn's wait list, I'm definitely coming. Mm -hmm. Like three weeks later, because of this, and I think this is healthy, they start separating and really starting, they get attached to their institution that they've said yes to. Then they're like, well, really not sure. And Mm -hmm. so there's, from this side of the desk in, in the admissions office, we know that we have a short window to really determine what were our activities going to be on the wait list and that students are still going to be interested. Now, some would wait until the day before or the day after classes start and still come. Yeah. But we don't drag this out. And I really feel that by the middle of June, we want to wrap up with our wait list because we're really making that handoff to the undergraduate programs. And then also, I think students, again, are attaching themselves to other places. Right. And so you would, the the vernacular then, would you be closing out your wait list? That's the nomenclature, right? I mean, Correct. is that how you say it? Correct. Okay. And releasing anyone else that's on it saying, you know, good luck with your, you know, with your choices for next year and, and moving forward. And then also just thinking about, you know, again, our, our principles within the National Association for College Admissions Counselors, right. that we want to make sure that by July 1, all activities done. Right. And do you feel that people adhere to that? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, that's where I'm, you know, that's what my observation has been for the last whatever, how many years I've been on this side of the desk. Yeah, there is that. And frankly, the families need closure too. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it does kind of happen as a, a domino effect. If certain schools do move to their wait list, they might be able to offer um, an opportunity for enrollment to a student who then forfeits their deposit and then the school to which they had deposited might then move to their wait list. I mean, there is a a little bit of a domino effect. Absolutely. Um, I want to make sure we we keep this in mind, though, that students, you know, there's that that timeline for the colleges, but there's also something else to keep in mind. And Eric, you said something to me earlier, don't fumble on the one yard line. You know what? We are going to pick up on that. When you come back to the process, give us a call, 866-993-8267, 866-993-8267. The process will be right back. You're listening to The Process on Sirius XM Stars, offering guidance and insight into the college admissions process. Here again are Eric J. Furda and Eileen cunningham Fiken. Welcome back to The Process on Sirius XM Stars. Eric Furda, Dean of Admissions at the University of Pennsylvania. And Eileen cunningham Fikens, Director of College Counseling at the Dwight Englewood School in Englewood, New Jersey. And with us today, our good friend and colleague and Yay. our number one like supporter, I would say, in this show. I mean, we've had other guests, but... 
You're really like a always like a guest co-host. You're like I would a say. third musketeer. Ooh, I like that. I like, I like that. Too. David Charlo from AccessApplied.com. <laughs> we have some questions, and we want to hear your questions throughout the month, wherever you are in the process. We are here to help you. 866-993-8267. or send us an email at the process at SiriusXM. Dot com. Dot com. All right. So just to pick up on what we were speaking don't about fumble. earlier. Don't, don't fumble. fumble. Please don't fumble. Okay. So colleges are going to Did you to require... read this, Eileen, on my... On your... I'm sorry. What? Blot? I have a blog. I have a blog. <laughs> Page 217. Can we have one show ever where he doesn't self-promote his blog? Okay. Anyway. Anyway. It's free Moving advice it is out free there advice. You for know what? everybody. It's for a public our, service. It's a public our, service announcement. For our listeners, you know what? He's got some good stuff on there, so you should check out his blog on page 217. Okay. <laughs> enough. Enough cross promotion. So let's talk okay. about fumbling. Okay, Senior year, fumbling. heading into May 1, last week of April. Okay. So this is this is my, my motherly advice. Keep your nose clean, okay? Because you're going to need to have your school send the final transcript with great date of graduation. Colleges want to make sure that you have continued at a great um, level of achievement. At the same level of which you were up, ad- admitted, admitted right? right? Whether that's an early decision or early action round or regular decision round. Um, so there's that, right? If you're sitting for advanced placement exams, while you might not necessarily get credit for that at an institution, it might satisfy one of your core requirements That's right. so to sit those exams in good faith and in good in good measure um, and don't but, bring your phone into the exam and yeah, don't answer don't, the just, text if someone texts you during the exam yeah just keep it keep it all above board okay watch your behavior as well not just in terms of academic but your personal and social behavior what you're posting on social media um, this is really important advice yeah make sure that you're not in any kind of hot water with your school that it doesn't jeopardize your graduation anything like that that, right you've worked so hard to Don't get where you are we want to make line. sure you launch well 99 yards well. down yep one to go so that's all i'm going to say about that but anyway actually can i ask a question scott, awesome. oh a question scott. ladies and gentlemen scott marlowe our wonderful producer <laughs> please scott it leads to the question you brought up social media um do colleges would at colleges ever look at somebody a student's social media posting so or let me tell you what takes place yes please we do not kind of like troll around and look at everybody's social media, but this is what happens. What? Parents of other students who were not admitted Stop. Send a People are mean. They're going to say, look at who you admitted and what they just did, and what are you going to do about it? And we get a picture of it, Scott. We get a picture of it, and they send it to us, and that is really the environment that we're in. So what happens if you get a picture? I mean, like, what do you do? Do you call the the child do you call the applicant do you call the school what what ha- i guess it depends on what you're being sent but certainly so in the cases where we do have you know some familiarity with the school and we know that there is a college counselor on the other end mm-hmm. that will be able to respond mm-hmm. we would usually start by contacting the school got it okay that would be the that would be the first step and you know in a lot of ways it all these cases are individual what took place? What was the picture? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have to handle each case individually. Right. But this is the world we live in, right? It is. It's not just social media. You could get a newspaper clipping or a link to an art local no, oh, absolutely. article or something along those lines. The crime blot. Oh, my 
gosh, that is something. No, it's, it's, you know, I mean, this was always there, but everything is compounded now and more of a magnifying glass with, right. with social media. You are listening to The Process on Sirius XM Stars. Hope you're enjoying the show. And you know what? We want to hear from you. 866-993-8267. Why don't we go to a call? Hi, I was listening to the college admission show and was wondering what they would recommend for deciding on a major or any career counseling that is um, preferable or recommended if someone, if a child does not know what they want to do after college or what they want to major in. Thanks. That's a fantastic question. And when when we are in our junior programs, which looking forward to going out to your school for the junior yeah, program. Very it's, exciting. Scott's, Scott's going to join us. Yep. We're going to have a lot of fun. It, you know, this, this question about majors and what I may want to do later on, and I think there's a couple different pieces here. One is, are the colleges going to value or, or devalue if someone doesn't know exactly what they want to do? And mm-hmm. I know from our side, our academic advisors, the deans of the undergraduate schools, particularly in the College of Arts and Sciences, you reference the kind of core curriculum and general edu- education requirements before. They want you to explore. You're right. going to be exposed to, uh, there wasn't an archaeology class in my high school. You're going to be exposed to fields that don't exist in the traditional high school curriculum. Engineering, I think you have a shorter timeline to say, okay, well, what is it that I want to study? However, undecided is a great opportunity for you really to explore yourself and your interests and go from there. I remember when I was on your side of the desk, I used to say that the number one major for incoming freshmen is is undecided, and the second most popular or I'm going to change my mind, <laughs> changing my mind, That's and right. it's somewhere in the seventy percentile of students are going to change their mind at least twice before they graduate. And I think it's important for our listeners to understand a few things: if a student has a very clear trajectory, if they know they want to be an engineer, or let's say business, yes. or even on the other nursing, side of that, you know, like nursing developed. or like a poet or a performer, their application should be able to speak to that narrative. And that's a different question for those students than for somebody who is totally undecided. I think the thing to remember, though, is not to feel compelled as an applicant or a parent of an applicant to create a false persona Great because advice. you think it's going to game you into the system. You think it's going to somehow, you know, I'm going to be a classics major because they don't have a lot of yeah, classics Yeah, I hear they need majors. humanities major, so all right. of a sudden overnight I'm going to. Yeah, it really depends on the school, but frankly it depends on the narrative of the applicant. And if you're undecided, I think rejoice in that and understand that you don't have to declare a major for most liberal arts colleges until the end of your sophomore year. And that gives you that flexibility and that latitude for the exploration you just spoke of. But if you do have a particular interest, look, they ask for it on the Common App. That's right. Right? I just don't want students to feel compelled to create a major or a persona that is not true to who they are. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's a very common question of you know, applicants. Will I be hurt in the admissions process? Right. Is it a disadvantage to say undecided? And, and different schools ask for different numbers of intended majors, right. one, two, or three sometimes, right. mm-hmm. to, 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 to prioritize three. So that lends um, some uncertainty and stress to the to the question. Yeah, but it, it but it is different depending on the school because yeah. if a school has a business program, a business school or an engineering school, that's a 
different entry than into the College of Arts and Science. And even in, for example, business programs, is it a delayed admit program where they come in as a freshman and then reapply into that more specific program? So those are all questions that I think students would be very well served asking when exploring different colleges and taking note of the flexibility and also what kind of accompanying advising is available. Exactly. Whether exactly. it be career development advising academic, or career. academic advising. Both. Both. You, you know what? So from both of your perspectives, Eileen at the Dwight Englewood School, David from Access Applied and, and working with individuals thinking about the college process, you, you just said something, David, you know, that, that third choice of a major. Sitting in our admission seat, sometimes we can kind of think up essay questions or maybe adding something else as a question because we think we may gain you know more insight and genuinely feel that we may gain more insight. How do you all feel like you see families hanging on every word of, well, what did they mean by intellectual and academic exploration? Like literally dissecting what's the inner meaning. Mm -hmm. do, and we ha on this side of the desk in the admissions offices, we have to recognize we're sending signals and creating, you know, some, you know, some concern, sometimes anxiety. Sometimes, sometimes, all the time. <laughs> so, and this is a, a this is a particularly um, big one. I mean, if you read a hundred articles out there, you know, on the internet about this question, you will leave with a clear impression that you are punished for saying undecided on the on the application. Uh, you don't hear it from you know your high school counselor who knows what they're talking about, but. It, it's it's all a over misperception. The it's a total misperception. And you know there are colleges out there that, I mean, I'm thinking of Dickinson um, in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. I will be there on it, Sunday through Tuesday, reading applications and interviewing students for the Lenfest Foundation. Oh, excellent. Great. Okay, so Dickinson has this thing. They want their students to feel a little more or more comfortable being uncomfortable to really challenge what they're coming in with and any preconceived notions. I love that because that's when you really are being engaged. You're not just kind of coming in and going down one trajectory. You're really kind of seeing how different disciplines interact with each other and questioning not necessarily what you want to do, but who you want to be. That's right. And I think in, in this and that's day a great part and age, of this whole that's process. a big part of it. Yeah. Great question. We really riffed on that one, too. Yeah. Going back to your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame evening yeah. last month. A lot of riffing. Month. A lot of riffing. Let's go to another call. Hi, my name is Mari. I'm calling from New Jersey. My daughter is going through um, college acceptance, and her outcome is not really that great as she was hoping for. <clears throat> She's a 4.3 average student with very good qualification and well-rounded kid. She's applying for physics in several universities, and she got on a um, waiting list for three of the schools, um, which would be her top ones. Question is, um, how does the waiting list work for colleges after, how do they decide if she can get in or not? Thank you. Look at that. We like had this moment thinking to the future. We were. With the first segment. We anticipated Talking questions. about the wait list. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. That is amazing. But it does, it makes sense because this is where this we is are where they in are. the calendar. This is exactly right? where they are. So great question. And it gets back to how do they decide if a student can, I wouldn't say get in. How do colleges decide 
who they approach on their wait list. And I don't know if you can give us any insight to that, Eric. I would love to hear your response. I think one of the first pieces, and it's interesting because the documents are submitted electronically, and when I go in, just like students can look at their own portal, when I go in because uh, I want to see whether a student wants to stay on the wait list or not, sometimes they will say yes, and we've said about 60% will stay on a wait list. However, I see a red X where it says wait list update. And oh. although the school might have contacted mm-hmm. you know, our admission office, the student might have even sent an email to various email boxes that we have and try to figure out my email by doing five different permutations of my <laughs> name. And they usually, they usually get it right at some point. But there's a red X, and we're asking a student for an update. Now, we don't require the update, so we have to be careful about that. When you say update, are you talking about like a third quarter grade report? We expect that from the school, so that's very important from, okay. you know, in terms of the wait list. Or we may reach out mm-hmm. for those grades mm-hmm. to see you know, what the progress is like through the senior year. But it's really the student saying, I am interested, going okay. back to what you said earlier, a little bit more granular about, well... I already have choices in front of me. Why would I want to stay and wait on this list? Because, and what are the compelling reasons? And they need to com- communicate that to us. Which kind of goes into our first Do you see these questions. letters from your students? Will they yeah. say, okay, Ms. Vikings, I'm... Yeah, and, and I'll offer. I'll say, let me take a look at it. Let me see if it really is landing the way you intend it to. Let me see if you're being um, specific. You know, they, frankly, they know you're interested. You applied, yeah, right. So that's there. What What do you got in addition? To so I that? guess it's called continued interest. Continued interest. They submitted right? the application January first or right. earlier. It's four months later, so things have happened. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. What kind of reflection has occurred for that student? Some senior awards, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. Usually, the timing for that might be a little bit later. And we're very mindful of when graduation dates are as well, mm-hmm. because. If we're going to move on the wait list, it would be really nice if that student knew as they're walking down and receiving re- their re- diploma. Exactly. Right. So then they could be like, yeah. I'm and that varies too. I mean, I know our graduation or commencement, excuse me, at Dwight Englewood is typically the first Sunday of June, but for many public schools, it's a little bit later. Little bit it's later. usually two weeks later. So, and, and I think regionally it shifts too. I mean, it's different in the South than it is no, in the absolutely. Northeast. So I think that's- um, That is something know. that we're cognizant of. That doesn't get you that's in or out the wait though. list. It's just a little bit of timing, yeah. a but little bit of timing on our side. Um, getting back to this particular question, um, um, I'm so saddened to hear that this parent didn't feel that the outcome was not really that great. So here's something else for that student to think about in addition to the wait lists that on which she was offered a spot. Um, how can, if she were to go back and look at all the colleges to which she applied. And they were there, they were on that list for a reason. Right. So to really question why did they earn a spot on her list to begin with? And instead of comparing one college to the other, because if it's A to B, that's fine. But once you get three colleges in there, it gets a little muddy to go back and really figure out what her priority was. What are those qualities or characteristics that she wants and how do they each kind of score on that rubric, I think that might make it a little bit cleaner. And let's face it, kids transfer, right? So can she use her freshman year to do some great building and some um, leveraging for her own academic record and to consider maybe entertaining a transfer application at some point down the road. And students entering their freshman year, though, I really don't want them with one eye on the exit door. No, no. I don't think academically they'll do well. I think it's a great conversation when they come back for winter break. And yeah. 
and they may even come back and see you at that point too. Just yeah, to they do. Say hello, but then also try to you know find some guidance. Yeah, usually yeah. by winter break, more often than not, they're happy. They've oh, been through a semester, exactly. and and the emergency is over. They've That's settled right. in. And That's great advice. Yeah. They've made friends. They feel yeah. engaged by their faculty and their classes. That's a great point, David. Thank you. You're listening to the process on Sirius XM Stars. Give us a call eight six six nine nine three eight two six seven or email us. Oh, email us, please do, at the process at SiriusXM.com. Love that voice. Love that voice. Let's go to the next caller. Hi, I'm listening to the College Admissions Show. I had a question about filling out the FAFSA form and financial aid forms. Do you have to include any 529 accounts that you have? Thank you. Well, with David Charlo from Access Applied, I think we're going to get a good answer here. And number one, though, it's you have a 529 account. So hats off to the families that were able to plan and had the resources to put some money away on a monthly basis. And I go, I, I think back to when when my parents wanted to make sure that we were saving very early on. It was, you know, putting that five dollars away a month. You know, mm-hmm. whatever it is can help later on, even if it's for some book expenses. But David, what's your take on this question? It's a very simple answer. Yes, you must declare <laughs> your five twenty nine plans in the parent investment. What if it's in the question. Cayman Islands? <laughs> then okay. it's not a five twenty nine. That's not a five twenty nine. But but there is there is, there is a, a, a another um another another answer. If the parents own the the plan, so the student's the beneficiary, and if the parents are the owners, it's a parent asset and it's it's reported on the FAFSA and the CSS profile. If if they're applying to a school that requires the the CSS profile, if the grandparents or another family member is the owner, mm-hmm. and then it is not reported anywhere on the financial aid forms as an asset. The the distribution the distribution learn something it, every day on the process right so so but so it's an advantage and that's in the all first above year. board because it's we're all not, above okay, board this is all above board, board. Okay. so so if the if the grandparents let's say have the five twenty nine it's not reported so it doesn't impact the eligibility for aid for that first year but once a distribution is made. That distribution is counted as student income, which is, has a very harsh effect right, on the formula. Yeah. Okay. So you get bit downstream. So if you have grandparent 529s and you don't have enough to cover all four years, you want to try to use that money later in the in the four years oh. so that it you don't have to report the income because that tax year is not on any of your financial aid forms. So use it for senior year or the last three semesters. You can time it. And that's we don't want to get too much in the weeds on that. But if you have a five I think our listeners right now are saying, get into the weeds. <laughs> They're saying mom, mom, grandpa. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So well, you can talk to your uh, your financial planner about that. So I had a question from uh, a parent recently who said, should we even bother with 529s? Because it isn't that is it better to not sock that money away and just to kind of bank, no pun intended, on not having those assets put aside? Won't we be eligible for more financial aid down the road? What's your take on that, David? Okay, a couple couple of uh, responses to that. Uh, first of all, saving is good. You want to have the money um, to pay for college because you can't count on getting the aid because only so many schools will award need-based aid. Okay. And ele- you know, increasing your eligibility by spending your money doesn't translate. Doesn't sound it, like a good plan to me. Well, it doesn't. It also increasing eligibility does not necessarily translate, and usually doesn't translate into additional aid. 
eligibility is eligibility. Awarded aid is awarded aid. You don't automatically get it just because you have the eligibility. That's a big distinction. And there are only a few dozen schools that meet full need, quote unquote, and use these formulas to award most or all of their dollars. So, so, so that's you know don't count on that. Number right. one. Number two is that the the assets within the formula, the impact of assets is very, very small compared to the impact on income. So you don't, you're not hurt for savings nearly as much as, as people think. Okay. But I want to make sure we break down what you said. Oh my gosh. What was it that you just said? Eligibility does not equal awarded aid. Well, that's huge. Huge. And that's usually going to get filled then by some debt, you know, some borrowing. And, and there, yeah, well, sir, certainly you, 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 you get what you get in, as a discount in terms of grants or scholarships. Many of them are merit-based more and more. They have nothing right. to do with, with, with your ability to pay or your income or your assets. And this is a, a, a where you want to be careful because there are um, college planners, financial planners out there in the college business. You're doing that, the air quotes. So what are you meaning there? Yeah, there are people who are financial planners. Mm-hmm. Um, who have who, who have migrated into the college space? Okay, and, and and some of them will will pitch you for reposition repositioning money to in this way to increase eligibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll project estimated aid based upon publicly available average awards, mm-hmm. which are really useless. So just be a little careful. You want to be yeah. a, a, a and are people an educated charging consumer. you for that? I mean, yeah, and 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 there, I don't want to you know. I don't want to uh, leave the impression that there are lots of you know conmen out there. They're not. They, you know, they, you know, almost Again, everyone above doing board. Is, is bu- okay. it's above board. But I, be careful about making assumptions about what you might actually get. Okay. Can I ask another question? Yes, you may. Thanks so much. Okay, so you mentioned meeting full need. I think this is a really important aspect of this conversation because just because you get financial aid doesn't mean that a college is going to guarantee to match your full demonstrated need every year. Right. So they might be able to package, you know, put together a very attractive package. But, you know, I, I don't know what the percentages are, but I would imagine that the overwhelming percentage of colleges, it's not going to be financially able to match all demonstrated need. Well, you know, demonstrated need is in the eye of the beholder. Ah. So, the, you know, what the number of the formula cranks out is Love not it. necessarily what you need right. or think you need. Okay. And I wish really that, that, that the colleges would abandon you know, the, this, the these language. labels, they should that, just, they yeah. should call it, they can call it need-based grants, mm-hmm. who, discounts, but it's not, it, they, they set up this expectation that no matter what, it'll be affordable for you. And the formulas are not always so friendly for, you know, particularly middle-class and upper-middle-class uh, families. And they're surprised at how much the college thinks they need or don't need, you know, when, when, when the dust settles. Look, I think this all points to something... Uh, great piece of advice that you've you've shared with our listeners before and that is financial fit is as important as academic or social fit and that you need to have those conversations and do that research earlier the fifth on. C. he's gonna say it the yep. fifth C. The fifth C. C. cost right? cost it's that's huge right, yes. right? Yeah. well and that's yeah, just this morning i have a confession to make i, I cheated on you I was I was uh, a guest on another Sirius XM radio radio show. As long as you weren't cheating on Sirius XM, so what was the show? Stayed stayed in the family. (laughs) Stayed in the family. (laughs) Stayed in the family. And and the question it was: since we're banging up against May first next week, how do parents talk to their children when the student's been admitted to first choice school and it's not affordable? Parents can't afford it. 
You don't. Let's pick what, that. what do they do and, and how do they talk about that? So well, we're going to pick that up in the second half. Don't go anywhere. Leave us a message at 866-993-8267, 866-993-8267. Or shoot us an email at process at SiriusXM.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Process on Sirius XM Stars, offering guidance and insight into the college admissions process. Here again are Eric J. Ferda and Eileen cunningham Fiken. Welcome back to The Process on Sirius XM Stars. Eric Ferda, Dean of Admissions at the University of Pennsylvania. And I'm Eileen cunningham Fiken, Director of College Counseling at the Dwight Englewood School. And our very special guest... David Charlo from Access Applied. <laughs> we are all in this together, and we, we are, are in this together with you to make sure that we're helping you through the college admissions process wherever you are in the process. Calendar-wise, time-wise, it is the last weekend of April here in New York City, and I guess in other places too, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no matter what time zone you're in, you're in the last weekend right now, and we are talking May 1 reply date coming up, students making their decision. We've had a number of students. This is a lot of fun, Eileen. Yeah. Walking around campus when admitted students are there. And you had the mix of They're early so decision happy. students who are like, woo, we're going. You have regular decision students that have made their commitments. They're pretty sure they're going to come to our school or wherever they're visiting. And then that group that's on the fence mm-hmm. and as they're trying to make their decision. And what I love about these days, we, we had three of these days, admitted student days, Quaker days, we call them at the University of Pennsylvania, in the palestra, the historic palestra, the Cathedral of College Basketball. And we have the concession stand set up. We have... Philly soft pretzels going. We got water ice going. You know, it's all happening. We got some pizza. We got chicky and Pete's fries, crab fries. Giving a little plug for chicky and Pete's. And the kids are just getting together and loving each other. It's interesting because the my students come back from these admitted student programs. And is this in my head then? And they say, no, that wasn't that great. Well, uh, no, no. But they talk about the other kids that they've met yes, while they're on campus. Exactly. And they're like, well, I have this new friend, you know, and I think that's fabulous. And and what I try and do is I encourage them to reach out to students from our school who are at that particular institution so that they could potentially talk about the transition from their own high school. So if you are going on any more of these this weekend, that might be a good thing to keep There are mind. some this last weekend of right. April. Yeah. So, you know, if there's anyone from your high school that is attending the school currently that you're visiting, see if you can reach out and connect with them while you're on campus. And you can talk about what was the academic transition like? What was the That's social right. transition like? So That's much of this really is about the transition. Info. David, I know you think a lot about those transitions and so much energy goes into the admissions process and the financial aid process, but really thinking about, you know, again, that transition, that handoff from high school to to college. Have some thoughts and advice? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You're starting the most important part of the process. (laughs) You know, getting in is just the first step. That's right. Now you want to make the most of it. That's right. And I think that, you know, most students, at least most parents, and it was true for me, look back and say, hmm, I could have taken advantage of a lot more That was available to me during my four years of college. So I encourage the students uh, who are starting this journey to really, you know, look at everything that's available. Colleges and universities are incredibly resource-rich environments. There's so much going on beyond just the classes that you take. Uh, You should really stop and and proactively uh, uh, participate in some of it. But I, I I like the way that you're framing this though. It's like to stop and take the step back and not. Gosh, there's so much I can do, and I have to do everything. You know, this isn't saying pile it on. It's really saying let's be thoughtful. Let's be intentional. Intentional. Love the word. 
That's right. Right. Let's be intentional. And you had spoken a little bit earlier about, you know, preparing your child for making that transition financially. And maybe it would yes. be a good idea to have a little skin in the game. Yes, as you put yeah. It. That was Talk a big to topic of that. conversation this morning on Doctors Radio about our about our kids. And uh Everyone agreed. I think it's it's good advice that it, it's important for students to have some skin in the game. And that may be a small student loan. It mm-hmm. may be working in the summer for your book or spending money. It may be working on an on-campus job during the during the academic year. Maybe all three. Right. Um, it, you, and in fact, it may need to be all three in order for the family to afford this college. And I know that uh, you know I'm loathe on this rainy Friday, the last Friday of the month, to to rain on our celebration parade. Um, but there are a small subset of those students, Eric talked about, that are on the fence, that are on the fence because they're still tr- trying to figure out how to afford the school. Sure. They may still be working with the financial aid office right up to the wire mm-hmm. on a reevaluation. Mm-hmm. They may be huddling as a family trying to figure out how to how to scrap together the resources to pay whatever the net price is that, that, that they're confronting. And uh, those can be difficult you know, conversations when the students admitted to the first choice school and the parents are, are and the gulping. finances aren't there, right. and, and it just may not be affordable. And you know, some families will will take loans that they really can't afford uh, to pay for this, and uh, it, can, it can be a it can be a tough couple of of days as approaching May one. And that spins back to what you have said a number of times, Eileen, about juniors and sophomores financial fit. Have these conversations as a family. Early in the process. Right. And don't get, try not to get caught at the very last minute. And that gets into your advice, Eric, to have that intentionality, right? Because if finances is part of that puzzle for you as a student. Which it is for most families. Absolutely. It certainly was for me when I was going to college. And how are you going to parcel out your time, your energy, your mental space? How is it going to work for you? Um, The same way you would want to look at it if you were a scholar athlete. How much time are you dedicating to your sport, right? So you have to look at how much time you're going to need to dedicate to your academics, but also what you're doing outside the classroom. And, And I think that there are so many great lessons to be learned. This is such a great learning opportunity you know launching your child to college is one thing but when we think about it the college process and and being in college is a four-year launch into the world outside and beyond college that's right and so i think that those are important life skills that we can help scaffold our our children through i mean in three weeks i'm going to be sitting watching my own son graduate from college dear God, I'm excited. Um, <laughs> what a long, strange trip it's been. Um, but, you know, I, I know that he has intentionally learned those skills so that he will be able to budget right. when he leaves college, you know, and, and that, you know, that's that's part of this. It's not just, you know, a, the academic aspect of it. It's life skills as well. You're listening to The Process on Sirius XM Stars, and we are at Sirius XM Stars 109, and Dr. Radio is our next-door neighbor because Dr. Radio is Channel 110. So I think we're linked together here in some way. Take a look. There is great karma. (laughs) Take a look at the schedule throughout the month and give us a call at 866-993-8267. And David, I'm sure there's going to be rebroadcasts of your show at some point, so people could probably tune in to Dr. Radio 110 and check it all out. You know what? You know, speaking of the serious family, the serious XM family. Yes, I have not yet tuned in to Channel Three Pandora. I haven't even thought about that yet because I have my go-to's, right? You have your go-to's. Your go-to's are, if you want to share. Classic vinyl, totally. Spectrum, The Bridge, Pop Rocks, 
right? You got to get your 20s music on, right? Pop arts are 1900, you know, you know what I'm talking about, like the 90s and the 2000s music. You know, if I'm in a mellow kind of chill mood, it's coffee, coffee house. house. Definitely, definitely coffee house. <laughs> well, driving around with the kids, you know, it's like the Spectrum and the Pulse. Yeah. When I'm in the car by myself, it's Channel 22, the Pearl Jam station so <laughs> one two three four five against so so here we are you guys are. this is such great fun talking with you i learn something new every single time we get together so david thank you for your insight about financial aid especially those five two nines with the grandpa and the grandma no, never knew that i never knew that either never knew that of course my kids are out of college now but Yo, well, yeah that was looking at your face i leave you're like, like what was i thinking <laughs> darn and what, what are some of our other thoughts for sophomores and juniors now uh, because our, literally, and number one, I mean, I know that it's a rainy day here, and we already said that on the show, you know, up here in New York in the last weekend of April. But the spring has been really beautiful for many of our campus visitation days, as we spoke about the admitted student days, and some of them will still happen throughout this weekend, leading into the May 1 candidates reply date, but also the rolling spring break. And we've been seeing the sophomores and juniors in high school, you know, we know when school systems are on break because, oh, Texas is here this week, Florida's here this week, right. New York State is, you know, visiting Philly this week. So, London, saw groups from London a couple weeks ago. So sophomores and juniors, again, wherever you are in this process, we want to help you out. How are you working with your families now at the Dwight Englewood School? Well, for juniors, it's a much more striated, you know, it's much more structured. Um, so our juniors are really in the thick of research, right? When they come back at the end of the summer, we're hoping that they have a fairly well-defined college list. And that means working back from August, they need to do their legwork now. They need to go out on those college tours. They need to kind of debrief what it was that they saw on the tour or heard on the tour or the information session and start winnowing down all those great opportunities to really come up with a, a list that has a great arc to it, right? So it's got reach schools, mid-range schools, high-probability schools. And affordable it, schools. Affordable, affordable schools. No, but absolutely. the other thing is, look, we've got SAT administrations in May. We've got stuff going on this weekend. We've got uh, another SAT administration in June. We've APs. got the ACT, the APs. So for a lot of juniors right now, they're in the home stretch preparing for standardized testing for the next month or so out. And for sophomores, if you've just finished a course in, you know, a, a particular math course in pre-calculus and you want to sit for that subject test, the best time to do it is right after completion of that academic course. So some of our sophomores might be gearing up for some of those standardized tests as well. That's a, that's a lot going on. So with what you're just describing, Eileen, you know, for the students in, in, in high school and secondary school, it feels kind of like our college campuses too. It seems like the post-spring break the six weeks or whatever it may be, it's really compressed. There's a lot going a lot on. Going Do you on. feel it's like it's frenzy in some way? And what type of advice would, would you share to really think about how you could help manage that? I think students need to have a schedule. They need to plan ahead. They need to balance their academic, rec you know, their academic performance with everything else. Let's face it: the last full year of academics that are represented on a transcript particularly, is the junior particularly year, for the juniors, right? Yes. So we want to make sure they're well rested, that they're taking care of themselves, they're operating at their highest potential, um, and to be cognizant of the fact that the more research they do, like in the next few months the easier their process will be come fall. Because as a senior, we all know that that fall comes fast and furious. And we want to make sure they're set up to be as productive as possible. Well, th this gives me a good reminder. We were talking about the wait list before and wanting to try to get offers out before 
before graduation and commencement at, at your schools, but then also for the juniors, do you see colleges, and this is kind of a reminder to me, do they start working on some of their college essays with you and or your, they your faculty? Can. They can. I mean, most colleges you know are going to come up with their, you know, they're going to launch their next year's application around the beginning of August. Yes. My understanding- I tried to signal our essay before that, though. If, yeah, if which is really helpful, by the way, because yeah, students very do helpful. try to get ahead over the summer. And I think one of the best things for a student to do is to look at those supplemental essay prompts right after they see a school. Like, what is it? I love that like, advice. Okay. Why pen? Well, okay, you just saw it. Why? What is students, it? Students, parents, in this together, think about that. So as an example, that is great advice, Eileen. It's like you just- Thanks, Eric. Yeah, you're right. We come back <laughs> next month, too. So- when we were talking about the rolling spring break before, and I saw groups coming through, and I, I spoke to a couple of them before kind of our formal information session and tour, I love popping in and just saying, hey, you know, here's here's some thoughts that I have. And, you know, for many of the students, if they're in like the middle of that week, all right, they've already visited four schools, they're going to visit four or five more, either with their families or with their, with their, their secondary schools, I usually bring out, you know, what are you looking for? And what notes are you taking? And then I do go to the blog framework, page 217, I know, culture, curriculum, community, conclusions, cost. Right. Right when you, you know, finish that visit or that evening, you need to write down, you need to write down your ideas. You to You're going to forget it later. Absolutely. They're all going to start to meld together. It's like a pair of jeans. They're all made out of denim, right? Yeah. So what differentiates one school from are, are another? White, are white jeans made out of denim? Yeah, it's just white it's denim. It's white okay, denim. Okay, come on. I, I, would, I would add to that that when they get back and do their debriefing and their extra research to get off of the admissions pages and into the yes. academic pages. There you go. So dig in outside dig, of get, the admissions side. You have to, you have to side, follow yeah. the threads and you can click, click, click. It's, it's a great it's, way of putting it's, it's it too. Almost a, it's, it's and forensic. Uh, it is. And, it and, is. And, it's, and it's fun. And then you take your notes and you're, and you're ready to, to, to put them aside. I, I think what, if they do that, and, and the other thing is, and my, my students, if they're listening, will know that I will always say this, don't walk into my office in August and say, I finished all my essays. Because if there's any feedback that somebody might be willing to offer, you're going to be less less likely to accept that feedback, right? Because it's going to be like severing a limb. So it keep is. it fluid. And we are here for you throughout the process. We'll be back at the same time, the last weekend of the month. Keep the calls rolling, 866-993-8267. Or shoot us an email at theprocess at SiriusXM.com. We really want to hear from you. David, any last words of advice that you would just throw out there off the top of your head? I enjoy. 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 Thanks, everyone. I think our students and our families, everyone's going to do really well. Have a great May 1 leading into the May 1 reply date, and we are here to help you throughout the month. Look forward to hearing from you. Have a great weekend.